0: It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello and welcome to Accelerate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with my guest today. Joining me is Karina Essa president of Social Media Worldwide, an Australian company that works with companies to help them accelerate their business growth through social-based marketing. You know, if you're a small, mid-sized business owner who thinks that they're doing everything they should to generate leads from their website and their content marketing and social outreach, but are not getting the results that you want in terms of the traffic and leads, then this is the show for you to listen to today. My guest is an expert at showing businesses how to use social media to drive traffic and leads online, and sell more product. And she's here to help you sort out what you need to do to make online work for you. So, Karina, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. So, tell us a little bit about you, about your background.
1: Well, I'll tell you how I got started into the whole social media world. Um, It started first, I. my dream was to become an, a, a television producer, so I studied television production for a f, for a few years, and then um I was and this was this was when
0: you were growing up in Greece.
1: That's right. That's okay. right. So, so I grew up in Greece, and then uh, when I turned seventeen, I went to uh, university in London and studied television production because since I was fifteen, my dream was like, you know, get a job in television. I I thought it was fascinating the whole whole behind the scenes of of. Of television, and so I, I studied, and um, and I was told in order to get a foot in the door, you have to. Work for free for a few companies, so I did that. I, work, I work <laughs> The for free. old, in, the
0: old internship uh, trick. The,
1: the, the old internship that never ends. You know, you think right. okay, well, three months to six months, maybe a year, uh, but it never ends in television.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and, uh, I think I think in, we're finding now in the workforce, at least in the U.S. I mean, it's it's uh, people are I think are abusing it pretty badly with companies that have people doing work for free that they normally would pay for.
1: I, I think so. I think so. And uh, but I learned a lot, so it, it was a win-win, really. I learned a lot, and um, and so right in the middle of the financial crisis, which Greece, of course, hasn't overcome yet, unfortunately, I got made redundant for the fifth time. So I was 25. It was the fifth time I was made redundant hmm. uh, in a television company. And um, and for I, the U.S. Uh, for the
0: U.S. audience, that's getting laid off. Yeah. Yes. Is that getting right. laid off?
1: All right. <laughs> There's different words for it. Uh, my brother always says to me, just say that you were sacked. And I'm like, okay, but it doesn't sound that good.
0: <laughs> no, no, sacked. You see, in the U.S., if you heard sacked, you'd think somebody got fired, you know, for cause yeah. as opposed to, you know, yeah. you're just made redundant. The job didn't exist anymore.
1: That, that's right. And and so, um, I uh, the, the first person I called when I lost my job... Was my brother? I called him because I knew that there was no way I was going to find another job. Every company was downsizing, so there was no way. And if I was going to find one, it wasn't going to be immediately. And the bills kept on piling up. So you know, when you're an employee, you can't <laughs> you can't stop working. Really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's really um it's really the rat race. Although I, I don't like that expression. And um and so I called my brother because my brother, for many years, was was an internet business owner. And for many years, he kept on telling me that I was wasting my time working for someone else and that I should, I should just have my own business, that uh, his, his business w- were doing really well. He had an e-book business. He used to sell hundreds of e-books a day. And uh, he always wanted me to follow that path. He thought that it was the right path for me. And, and I was reluctant because it didn't appeal to me and also because I still had that dream of be- being a television producer, but you know, when you have no choice – uh, I, guess, I guess you, you follow advice. I, I had nothing to lose. I called him up. I said, just lost my job and um, I need help. Although I, as as proud as I was, I ac- actually asked for help. And he, he was over the moon. He says, this is the best news I've heard so far coming from you. This is great. I'm so happy that you lost your job. Come to a seminar of mine. He runs uh, seminars in the UK about, Digital marketing. So he said, "Come to one of my seminars. You'll learn lots of things, and it will inspire you to start something for yourself." So when there reluctantly, but I, as I said, I didn't have much to lose, and a few people were talking about different strategies. And one of the strategies that appealed to me was Twitter, Twitter marketing. So it was to be a bit more specific, it was affiliate marketing on Twitter. So affiliate marketing, maybe for the, the people who are on the call who might not be familiar with that term, is when you sell other people's products online. For a commission, mm-hmm. so I thought, well, that's a good idea. Twitter's free to join, and I don't have a product or a website. I can just grab someone's product and sell it, and get a commission if I sell it. So it, it seemed reasonable. It, it seemed that so, it seemed like something I could do. So I went ahead and and Im- implemented the strategy, and very quickly, within three weeks, I was making seven hundred dollars a week from affiliate commissions, and I, you know, you, you I got hooked. Um, I, I got hooked and um, I asked my brother who's been my mentor and tour mentor really um, <laughs> I asked him well, what was the next step now and he says well you, you should teach people how you do it. Be an information marketer and have your own product and, and sell your strategy. So I thought okay so I put together a, a entire course about how I was doing what I was doing for $1000. I sold about a 100 units in a year so that was great. I had never had a six-figure income ever in my life, and so I, um, I did, I did that. And uh, one day in Perth, actually, I was, um, I was running a, a webinar about that strategy to a crowd in Perth, and uh, no one bought. So the, the crowd was small, and I, I was used to having at least a 10% conversion when I would talk about my strategy, 10% mm-hmm. of people would buy my, my course and no one bought. And and I was always told to always survey the audience, survey your customers, why did you buy? And survey those who didn't buy, why didn't you buy? So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So we asked, why didn't you buy? Did you like it? What was it that you liked? And everyone loved it, but they said, we just don't have time to... Uh, to do it, to implement it, if it was a done-for-you service, you know, it, it would be a no-brainer. So that kind of gave my husband and, and I an idea about, you know, why why not put together a service where we do Twitter marketing for people so they can enjoy the benefits of being on Twitter without having to do all the legwork. So so I started a done-for-you company, uh, at, at the time it was called d for You Social, I don't know why I called it that, but, um, and so as I was delivering a Twitter marketing service and as, as more and more customers were coming through, a lot of them were asking, do you also do Facebook? Do you also do Google plus and, and all these new social networks that, uh, that get launched. And so it kind of gave birth to my social media marketing agency that's now called social media worldwide. And, and it's international because again, you know, initially it was for. uh, an Anglo-Saxon crowd but then uh, people asked us well do you deliver that service in French and then do you, do you deliver that service in Spanish and all of a sudden we had Spanish clients and French clients so now it's really international hence you know social media worldwide.
0: Interesting so Isn't do you, you hire French speakers and Spanish speakers and so on to That's be on your right. staff? Very interesting. That's
1: right. Yep 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 so they're multicultural they're multicultural they're, they're um, really great social media strategists and um and, and they're the ones who make the, the company so great. So I, I, I can't speak Spanish, but as as long as <laughs> as long as they can uh, deliver the service in Spanish, I'm happy.
0: <laughs> so let's let's sort of look at sort of the problem situations a lot of companies find themselves in. So uh, yeah, I I see a lot of small businesses that I work with that that have the best of intentions with social. They know it's out there. They they sort of feel this imperative that they should be using it. Or using it more effectively and they sort of know in theory what they should be doing, but it's not producing results. So you know, maybe they build a website, they do a little content marketing, a little little you know, random sporadic tweeting and blogging. So, you know, what are the biggest mistakes you see that the small mid sized businesses are making in their online efforts and what should they do to fix those? Mm
1: a few I find that usually their social media presence is not aligned with their mission and their vision I see that so there's a bit of inconsistencies with their platform they haven't found their voice you know are they going to be the friendly expert are they going to be the adventurer? so they haven't found a voice and so that's the first mistake, the, the social media presence is not aligned with their mission, their vision and they haven't found that voice. The, the second one is lack of, of skill, in a way, um, lack of skill, that doesn't sound good, but um, lack of knowledge about how social media works. So usually their social media is in the hands of someone who doesn't know much about social media. They think that it's just a set and forget thing where they just log in, post something, log out. So usually, their social media is in the hands of an uh, unqualified person, so that's the second mistake, or worse, it's not done consistently and um and usually people join social networks for the wrong reason. they join because everyone else is there, and everyone's telling you to be there, so I'll join <laughs> and and they join for the wrong reasons rather than have basically a, a specific goal what they want to achieve with social media and then reverse engineer what we need to do in order to achieve that goal and mm-hmm. and, and no one actually does that. So not being clear, just o- opening social networks and social ac- media accounts because everyone else is and that's what you, you're you meant to do and it stops there. So I, I think I think that these, these are the main mistakes and of course the usual mistake that I see over and over again is, is treating social media the same way you would treat eBay and Amazon where you, it's just a, a listing website. You list your products, and then some people will buy. And it doesn't really work like that because people don't go into Facebook to buy things. Right. They go there to be uh, informed and entertained mainly, and nurtured. If they like your brand, they go there to get some VIP treatment. They might get, you know, a, a discount coupon just because they're a Facebook fan or something. Right. So they they get there. They they go there for these reasons, and definitely not to buy anything. So. I think there's been a big misunderstanding about about social media. Social media is, is the top of the funnel. So the top of the funnel, usually I describe it as cold traffic. People don't necessarily know like or trust you, but they have some sort of interest, right? Mm-hmm. And so social media acts as the top of the funnel where you turn the this cold traffic into warm traffic um, by giving a lot of value, giving VIP treatment, nurturing them, offering great customer service, customer support, or, or whatever it is that you want to offer, a, a lot of value, giving free things away, so that that cold traffic turns into warm traffic and eventually buyers who then become brand evangelists. So that's really the idea, but there's a lot of work to, to be done before that happens, and not a lot of people put that time and effort into doing that.
0: So let's talk about those. You use the word brand evangelist. I think it's a great word, you know, sort of the end product, you know, right before they become a customer, <laughs> you know, mm. they start and making that transition to a brand evangelist. So mm. how do you what are the sort of the steps in terms of nurturing, you know, for people to say, okay, well, how do I use Facebook, let's say, to other not in a paid you know, paid Facebook ads, but in a mm. you know, organic sense, how do I use that then to sort of move people through the funnel?
1: Well, it starts with giving a lot of great value. So I'll give my example, for example. Um, I'm a social media agency, and I will give the best social media strategies away on my Facebook page. I'll I'll put a blog out, and then I'll share the blog on my Facebook page and Twitter profile. So giving away your best things. Now, if, if you don't have anything to give away for free, unless it's a product, then run competitions and say, look, you're about to you know if you do this and that and make it playful then you can win something worth $1000 so if if you can give information or value for free then give a product and always nurturing that relationship always giving and, and another way is is getting the um the the customers or the prospects to be part of the brand and, and big companies do that they they get their prospects and customers involved in their brand. So let's say there's a candle company called Diamond Candles. They sell scented candles, mm-hmm. and and so they they were asking their um, their audience on Facebook, and they ha- they've built a big audience for free thanks to competitions. Give us um, a scent of a candle that you'd like us to create, and you know, and the one who wins will actually we will actually create that um, that scent. And so, again, the the customer, or the prospect doesn't get to win anything, but they love being part of the decision making. They love being part of the brand, and that's another great way to to nurture without actually giving anything uh, for free. That right. Would, that would that would um, imply an upfront cost. So, so there are many ways, and these are some of of the main ones. Always nurturing, and, and um, I I like when companies share. Stories of their customers. So let's say you're a, uh, I don't know, you're a dentist and and you and you straighten people's teeth because you, you put uh, braces and and sharing the story of someone who loves their smile now or something like that. So always sharing the stories of your of your customers, uh, people actually love that because they can relate to them. Rather than a company always pushing pushing their products, pushing their agenda, people like to see brands that have been humanized. They like humanizing brands, seeing the people behind the brand. So showing, showing pictures of the team, showing pictures of uh, a, birth, a birthday being celebrated at the office.
0: Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. things
1: like that that humanize the brand. So there's, there, there are many ways, but when you combine all of these, it, it does a great job. One
0: of the things you, you talked about, you know, just saying if people didn't want to write something, but the fact is, to be able to have valuable content to share, is you don't necessarily have to write. I mean, the great thing about the internet is there's content out there that's already written that you can share that's relevant and valuable to your prospective customers.
1: Absolutely. You can curate content, and we do a lot of that. If there's things that we see about social media we, we find interesting and that we want to share with our audience, we'll do that. And sometimes our own audience create create content. They'll they they um, they'll submit a, a comment or a post or something, or resource, that they found interesting. So you can also use your audience to create the content for you.
0: Yeah, and, I think, and I think that's right. I just want to reinforce that before we move on. I think it's really important for... You know, people in the audience who are listening that you know thinking about, gosh, I I don't have time to write a blog, I don't have time to create this content, is you know you can't. Customers are going to think less of you if you're curating content from another source. What they're going to remember is that you're the one that found it and provided it to them.
1: Uh, Absolutely, and um, and you know curated content and and your own content performs the performs just as well. It's just about the topic. So, they don't care whether you wrote it, your company produced it, or someone else, as long as it's something useful that you're sharing with them. So, absolutely.
0: Okay, great. Well, we're going to, on that note, we're going to take a short break and we'll come back again after the break with my guest, Karina Essa. Hi, this is Andy. I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform their results. Now, if you would like to learn proven strategies to become the difference maker in your sales to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my Zero Time Selling Interactive Training System is a fit for you. Now, I have a special offer for you today. Act now to take a no-obligation, free trial of my Zero Time Selling Interactive Online Training. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your cell phone now and text the word TRUST that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96,000. Now, you have your smartphone ready? You're going to send a text to 96,000, that's a 9 and a 6 followed by three zeros. Now enter the single word message, trust, and hit send. And you'll hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial of my zero-time selling interactive training. All right, welcome back with my guest today, Karina Essa, who's president of Social Media Worldwide, an Australian company that helps companies accelerate their business growth through social-based media marketing. So, um, all right, we're talking about sort of the mistakes companies make, things they can do to sort of get started. It's funny, it's it's, a lot of people sort of confuse their website with being social. Uh, You know, when they talk about generating leads and traffic, it's like, yeah, I've got a great website. That's all I need. But Mm -hmm. that's not the case, right?
1: Yeah, well, uh, that's, again, a mistake. A Website, I I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan because it doesn't you know, it doesn't do anything and, and people think it does it's just a glorified business card most of the time and usually it's it's like having a billboard in the middle of the desert in order to get your website to be alive you need a lot of traffic you need at least 400 visitors a day to make it worth it really so so that's why people put so much emphasis in their website and uh, everything gets delayed because the website is not ready when really it doesn't play such a big part in the whole process, first of all, and it's always a work in progress. People say to me, I'll be on social media once my website is ready. I say, your website will never be ready because it's always a work in progress anyway. So I, I always say that, <laughs> I get some really disgruntled looks when I say that, <laughs> but it's, it, it is true and people delay the whole process until they have that perfect website and then they get so disheartened because they don't get any traffic to it. I think that Putting more time into the traffic strategies is, is more important than actual the website itself. People don't care about a pretty website; they want something that will help them solve their problem. So uh, it's it's basically um, is is what I what I teach when I teach my social media strategies is trying to shift how people think about websites
0: and shift it too
1: shifted to put more time and effort into social media and traffic generation in general than your website because people spend way too much money I I know people who spend fifty thousand dollars on their website right and and it hasn't produced anything and it can't because if you don't have traffic it will never produce anything so it's more important to to put time and money and effort into traffic and sales funnels than an actual website, which is basically a, a, a website is just as I said a glorified business card. It's just yeah, an, an online version of your business card with a bit more detail.
0: Right, and so for again for people that are listening, yeah, you know, people understand in the abstract what a sales funnel is because they've got maybe a sales team that's out there. But in the term you, when the way you used it, there's a very specific meaning for it, which is you know getting people into a nurture campaign that's going to result in them purchasing from something from you. Mm. So yeah. explain how that works, you know, maybe with your social media. You know, how do you get people in the funnel? How do you continue to nurture them through to the point where, as you talked about, they really become a brand ambassador for you? Yeah,
1: so it's um, usually the best way to accelerate the whole process of, of getting an audience because first you need to have an audience in order for that audience to become traffic who will actually click on your links and things like that. Um, so the, the first thing is putting a lot of value uh, there so adding content to your social media, so pictures videos p- focus on that even if you've got z- zero o- audience members just make it look like it's been there for a while right and you're consistent with your content there and then I would say spend a bit of money. Usually, you don't need more than maybe 300 to $500 into getting an audience, right? So, you, you can get with $300 to $500, you can get an audience of maybe 2,000 people. So, spend a so bit you're of money.
0: buying a list, you mean? Uh,
1: no, buying, buying uh, fans and let's say Twitter followers. So, by buying fans, I mean putting together Facebook. Ads that will get people to like your page, so advertising the page or your Twitter profile to get people to follow it, or if we're talking about Facebook, people to like your page. Mm -hmm. So that will get you maybe three hundred, five hundred dollars, depending on your industry, your niche, your targeting. Will get you about two thousand people. So you've got something to work with, and then that audience. The more you nurture them, the more they'll share your content. And when they share your content, really, what they're doing is they're they're building your audience for you because they're leveraging their contacts. When you think about it, every social media user has on average 140 contacts. So people have on average 140 friends on Facebook, on average 140 followers on on Twitter. So if you have a, a list of 2,000 people on your Facebook page, that means that potentially each one of them can talk about you to their 140 contact so it starts growing organically once you reach that2,000 2,000
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, audience members then these uh, these audience members can build your audience for you without you having to fork out large sums of money for audience building and then you, you nurture them and then uh, as I said before you you um, you, you get them to experience the top of your funnel. So the top of the funnel usually starts with a free giveaway in exchange for the name and email. So you'll give something away for free. Let's say it's a you know, five-part DVD set of some sort, and you give that away for free. They submit their name and email in order to claim it, and then you start nurturing them and upselling them through email marketing, or if you've grabbed their phone numbers through SMS marketing Direct mail marketing. So that's what I mean by being the top of the funnel. Mm-hmm. You you get their name and email, and then it's, it's it's the rest of the process that will handle the whole transition from you know cold cold traffic to a buyer who then comes back to social media and says you know I bought this product, it's amazing, and becomes a sales evangelist.
0: And so for business owners, yeah, how do they make that financial trade-off between hiring in a resource that can do this versus using a a consultant to help them with this. You know, it's it's to me. I look at it as a business owner. I'd say for myself. Gosh, I'd have a tendency to hire experts in because it's a faster way to get results as opposed to bringing somebody on board and onboarding them. But what what do you see as sort of best practice
1: for the best practice for a business owner when it comes to social media? Yeah, De- definitely hire someone who knows what they're doing so the the main mistake a lot of small business owners do not so much bigger ones but small business owners do is is they think they're smart saving money so they'll they'll get the receptionist to do their social media they'll get someone else the admin lady or something and um and they think they're smart. They're, they're saving $500 a month paying a social media strategies to, to do it for them. But really, it's costing them. It's costing them time. It's costing the person doing it time for no results. You're better off hiring someone who's done it before, who's done it 100 times, who knows what they're doing. Everything they do is strategic and forking out $500. But that $500 is going to bring you $2,000. Because what really you're paying, when you're paying $500, you're not only paying for the service because anyone can... Post and, and interact. Anyone can do that, but you're paying really for the skill, the the education, and the consistency. If you're giving it to your admin person who's got you know a a task list of a hundred things, the the last of the the last the priority they have is social media. So it won't be that consistent and that strategic. So I think that the best practice would be to to hand over your social media to a skilled person with experience like anything it's the same thing like you wouldn't have surgery done by an amateur you would have it done by a doctor who's got years of experience knows what they're doing so it's this it, i mean it's it's crazy that i'm comparing that uh, with <laughs> surgery but i always um i always try to illustrate my point you, you wouldn't do that you would put it in the hands of, of a person who knows what they're doing and it should be the same with with social media because social media can can really be one of the biggest source of leads and traffic for your company so you know so why save money on something that could bring so much more
0: right Okay. Well, great. So great information. We're going to stop there and we're going to move on to sort of the last segment of the show where I've got some standard questions I ask, uh, ask my guests. And uh, the first one takes a little bit of thought and then after that there's sort of rapid fire question. So are you ready? Yep. All right. So you're an experienced entrepreneur, so this would be a, an easy one for you to answer. Is a hypothetical scenario. You've been hired as a new sales leader at a company whose sales have stalled. And they need to be turned around quickly. So your first week on the job, what are the two things you would do that would have the biggest impact?
1: Well, first, I would I would try to understand what has happened. I would try to understand the why. Why have the sales stalled? So I, w- I would do some research. I would ask the, the salespeople, the existing salespeople. I would look at the product. And I would probably... Uh, um, interview get information from customers what happened and they started ordering less or they went to a competitor. Mm-hmm. And I, I would basically try and understand the why and ba- based on that I would make some changes. It could be that the, the target audience have, has changed. I mean that's rare but it could be that. It could be that uh, there's another competitor that's doing something smarter. So I would try and figure out what they're doing and try to outsmart them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could it could be like the, the product is not sexy anymore. It, it used to be. It's, it's not part of a trend and I, I would spend I would advise them to spend time in research and development to figure out, well, how do you make that product sexy again? So, I, I guess the first thing I would do is understand the why and reverse engineer based on that. So, by asking the sales uh, the, the people initially and, and the customers.
0: Got it. Good. Good answer. Yeah. All right. So, some rapid fire questions. So, when you're out selling, what's what's the most uh, what's your most compelling sales attribute?
1: I, I guess it's my knowledge of the topic. So I, I when I'm selling one on one or one to many, if I'm at a conference, it's it's really because I'm not a salesperson. I don't necessarily enjoy selling. Um, I've never been trained in selling. No one has given me any techniques or tricks. That's but what has, probably to your benefit. Oh, has it? Okay, (laughs) thank you. Um, Because it was something that never interested me. It's not something that um, I I wanted to improve as a skill. Because it's not really sales. is not really something I wanted to do myself personally. I I have great people doing that for me. So, but when I I was selling, it it was mainly my knowledge of the topic. So I was in a way mesmerizing people by informing them, and people love learning new things. So I I could tell them I could. Share um, with them, you know, the latest traffic strategies, the latest tricks that no one knows, only the big corporates are doing, and and I know what it is, and like you know, and I and I can do it, and it brings a lot of results and things like that. So when I teach these things, the sale beca- becomes natural um, f- for for me because it's a social media marketing agency. It's like, oh, I don't have time because no one has time. Can you do it for me? So th- the sale is almost natural. I don't even have to ask for the sale. Uh, I just. Teach people, educate them, and um, and you get people hooked. You never get interrupted. Usually, when you sell something, usually you'll be interrupted by an objection or someone. You know, the prospect will try and challenge you intellectually. But here, I'm lucky enough; it doesn't happen because I make sure that I'm always ahead of the game when it comes to social media marketing. I know things before anyone else does. So I think that's has given me a competitive advantage, and. I, I train the sales representatives to be the same. You're there, you're not a salesperson, you're uh, you know, a social media strategist who knows things that can really turn their business around and uh, you know things that no one else knows or very few people in the world know. So your knowledge is power. So, So that's, That's why the sales consultants do so well, because they're not their salespeople. As soon as you show up as a salesperson with your little brochure, now it's an iPad or whatever it is now Mm -hmm. in your business card, the sales guard goes up. Whereas if you go there and and tell them, let me educate you you for 10 minutes or 15 minutes of your time, because people's time is precious. I'll educate you. Worst case scenario, you leave with a, a bunch of knowledge you never had you know worst case scenario and people get open to it it's a win-win and and the law of reciprocity kicks in you spend 15 minutes of your time or 30 minutes transferring your knowledge that's cost thousands to get to someone in 15 minutes and then the law of reciprocity kicks in usually Mm -hmm. It's, it's it's even subconscious People will buy from you because they feel they, you know, worst case you they owe you one. Almost, you know, well, and, and that's yeah, that's really how I think, I, I, yeah. I think. What
0: you're, but I think what you've done is you're saying, like, look, we're we've you've given me your time, I've given you value in return. Mm-hmm. So you know they're willing to give you more more of their time, which could be leading to getting an order because they know if they talk to you, they're going to learn something that's valuable for them.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: All right. So next question is, who's your role model for a business?
1: I've got many, and you know they change from year to year as I evolve. Um, I, I guess, I guess uh, the, the usual one. It will sound cliche, but Steve Jobs, just because he really had a mission and a vision, and he knew how to get a players together, and just his skill of getting a players together, and. And these A players were aligned with his mission and his vision. And he was so focused on the product rather than the sales. A lot of people, when when you start a business, you're so obsessed with sales, you forget about the product and the customer experience. And he wasn't. He never fell into that trap. I don't think he did. He was always focused on you know putting in the hands of people the, the 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 best technology for them to experience the best experience mm-hmm. so for for me it's been um it's um it, it's it's been a role model um ju- just because of that he was different he did things a bit differently and he didn't fall into the trap of just let's sell a bunch of these no one cares about, you know, the user experience or anything. They just sell a bunch and, and get a, a billion-dollar evaluation. It's, instead, it, it was more about, well, how can we make this product great? And, and I like that, and I like that, and it's always in the back of my mind as well.
0: Okay. So, what one book would you recommend that every small business owner or small business marketing off, you know, chief marketing officer read about social media?
1: Mm-hmm. About social media... Um, there isn't really because social media changes all the time. So, you know, as as soon as you've got a social media book in your hands, you know that most of the information is obsolete. Mm. Uh, Just because it changes all the time, something that worked last week will not necessarily work now. So I wouldn't really say... um, Say in order to learn social media, grab a book. I would say go and test a few things, and and learn from testing and trying things and seeing, seeing other, what other people are doing right now and what works for them, what doesn't, and model that. That's more what I would say to them. In terms of book, a book that I've really enjoyed um, is um, Changing the Channel. So uh, it's a book about using different forms of of marketing and advertising and It's for me. It's interesting. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to marketing. So it's uh, it's about not using just one marketing channel, but all of them, and how to make them work together. So um, I would say changing the channel. If you're interested in in growing your business, is definitely a book to read.
0: Okay. So last question for you is: What's the one question you get asked most frequently by prospects?
1: Can you review my social media uh, profile? <laughs> they ask me. Uh, they always ask me to look at their, at uh, their um, social media accounts and and tell them what I sh- what they should be doing, what, what they shouldn't be doing, and things like that. So that's the main question I get. Um, basically, I'm I'm like the social media doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, do this, remove that, uh, forget about this, try this. So that that's what I I get to do a lot of my time when I speak to people.
0: All right. Well, I was going to ask you that question myself. So, anyway, um, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. My guest has been Karina Essa. Karina, how can people find out more about social media worldwide?
1: Well, I would say if you want to find out more in general about social media, definitely check out our blog. We, we put training there every week. So, the blog is socialmediaworldwide.com forward slash blog. And there's plenty of resources there. Uh, the latest ones, of course, because we update it every week about how to really accelerate your business thanks to social media. So socialmediaworldwide.com forward slash blog.
0: All right. Excellent. Well, good. Well, thank you for joining me. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of our conversations with top experts like our guest today, Karina Essa, who share their expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.